In today's episode, I am asking the question, what is the worst that can happen? That's kind of been a motto of my life and my children hear it all the time. You're going to hear that phrase over and over and you're going to want to know why. (laughs) And before we get started, I want to challenge you to be thinking about something that you've been wanting to do for a really long time. Something that you've been holding off because you're just a little bit scared of the unknown. Maybe you keep waiting for the time to be perfect, to be just right. And I want to challenge you to just get started, like someone challenged me years ago. Okay, enjoy today's show. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget, and I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank, and I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. What is the worst that can happen? Really, I ask myself that question in home design all the time. If I'm contemplating a new risky choice, like my black door, what is the worst that can happen? I might have to repaint it, and that's going to take some work. Really, the worst that can happen would be that I have to replace the door. I don't think it's going to come to that. In home design, the worst that can happen is that you don't like it and you might have to start fresh. But that question, what is the worst that can happen, is a question I ask my children all the time. (laughs) So often that the other day, my son Owen was doing something hard and brave and I could hear him from the other room repeating that. What is the worst that can happen? What is the worst that can happen? And honestly, I am so glad he's asking himself that question. I am so glad I have said that to nauseam that they are now asking themselves that question. But let me tell you what happened this spring that really got me to the point of taking the plunge into this podcast because I had failed to ask myself that question. What is the worst that can happen until this? So all of my children play soccer and they do it at different levels. They do it recreationally. They do it for the local team. Um, My oldest son plays for the local team and the state team. And he's pretty good. We kind of see that maybe he'll go on if he wants to, uh, to play college. But he had this opportunity to go to a tryout for a traveling team, an international team. And if you know soccer, you know that soccer in the U.S. is nothing compared to what it is internationally. And there was a team coming from Europe who were scouting, and he went to the tryouts. Okay, as parents, we didn't expect that he was going to make the team at all. (laughs) But we knew that this level of competition would be bigger than what he has seen before and what he has played with before. And so we encouraged him to try out, and he was nervous, like, like anyone would be, right, when you're trying something new and trying out a new thing. And we asked him that question what is the worst that can happen? 
And we determine that the worst that can happen is that we don't make the team. But, you know, instead of going to like, oh my gosh, we're going to have to pack up and sell our house and drop out of school and move to Germany. We weren't going there. We were literally asking ourselves, what is the worst that can happen? And the worst that could happen in this case was that we paid a little money to have this special tryout. We wouldn't recoup that money and he wouldn't make the team. So it's the day of the tryout. And I actually didn't take Owen. Um, Greg took Owen, but I heard about it. The minute Owen stepped onto the field, I got a phone call from Greg and it went something like this. Owen got out of the car and he's dressed to play. And if you know Owen, you know that he is like two dimensional. He is tall and he is super skinny and he could blow away in a wind. <laughs> and the people he was playing against were like grown men. <laughs> they were at least a foot taller and at least 40 pounds heavier and they had defined muscles and they were grown men. <laughs> they probably were shaving too. And Owen's eyes got really big and he got a little scared. He didn't say anything to Greg, but he went out there and he did his thing and he actually did really, really well. He, he held his own. He played great. He, he held his own and that's really what we could expect, right? We wanted that for him and he had a great time. So really great things. He played well and he had a great time Two of the best outcomes we could have gotten. Okay. He didn't make the team. This is no surprise to us. He didn't make it and that's okay. We really wanted him to play against people who were a little bit bigger, stronger, faster, to see what it could look like moving forward. Because his goal, and we know his goal has been his goal for a very long time, his goal is to play in college. We don't know what college yet. I'm hoping for the one down the street. <laughs> Moms can dream, right? But that really got my eyes open. You know, sending him what felt like to the wolves made me realize and made me honestly take the plunge of this podcast. I have been asking my boys, what is the worst that can happen anytime they have been afraid to try something new? And we really, I mean, we literally make a list. What is the worst that can happen? And I had not done that for myself. There has been a lot of times, especially in the past few years, that that I have intentionally made decisions to be a role model for my kiddos. Like the time I put on the referee outfit <laughs> to referee the basketball game, the season that my son played in sixth grade. Okay. No one ever in the history of refs likes the refs. No one. I, I've never met anyone who says, ref, you had a great game. And I put on the outfit and it was intentional because I wanted to, I wanted to be front and center to my boys playing. I wanted to be at every game. I wanted to be the first one there. Oop, there's my dog. I wanted to be the first one there to pick them up when they fell down. I wanted to be the first one there to hug them when they got off the court. And if I couldn't be their coach that year, I was going to be the ref. And I laughed when they asked me. I thought it was the funniest thing because no one likes refs. But I, I did it and I ended up enjoying it. <laughs> and when I asked myself, what is the worst that can happen? Well, you know, cans and tomatoes and rotten eggs thrown at me, but that didn't happen. And so that is good. But in this case, in the case of the podcast, I didn't ask myself that question until Owen stepped off the field that day. And I finally did. And what is the worst that can happen? One person listens. And that person isn't a busy mom. 
that person is my husband, (laughs) who I know will listen. But that is literally the worst that can happen is that I try something and it doesn't work out the way I meant it to. But the thing that has been holding me back um, from doing this, because I thought about doing a podcast for a couple years, the thing that was holding me back was this idea that I might look stupid. People might tell me, who is she? What does she know? Who does she think she is? She doesn't even have a degree in home decorating. Why would I believe her? You know, those kinds of things, those fears that get in your mind. And you know what? I have decided that honestly, I don't care. I I just don't care about those things. If the idea of what someone might think about me is so big that it's keeping me from doing the thing that I think I should, keeping me from loving the way I think I should, keeping me from serving the way I think I should, keeping me from moving forward in the way that I think God is intending me to, I don't know. That's not the life I want to live. So here I am. And it's incredibly vulnerable. I can't even tell you. It is like going to your first job and having you sit in a glass office on the intercom. (laughs) So imagine that. All right. Oh, and maybe you're naked. So (laughs) throw all of those things in there together. And here we are on the journey. But I want to talk to you about my intentional decision for starting on June 15th. That was intentional also. Two years ago, on June 15th, I had a conversation with some very good friends. These are friends who had really become like family while we were living in Iowa. And these are friends who ask all the questions. They do not live on the surface. You could ask them about the weather and they would be saying, well, tell me your theory behind why you need that parka. I don't know. (laughs) They just don't live on the surface. And it is a really good thing. They infuse love and laughter and life and intentionality and faith into absolutely everything. And it's beautiful. And we were having breakfast. This is on the wife's birthday. We were having breakfast and the husband asked me, how freaking farm was and how life is going and you know, all of those, we were just catching up. But when he was talking to me about my business, he asked me what was kind of a a normal question. Where do you see fig and farm going? And what do you dream about? And I was so taken aback, not necessarily at the question, but at the idea that I could have said in that moment, absolutely anything. And they would have had faith in me. They would have believed that whatever I would have said in that moment that I could make possible. And that was profound. And I am hoping today that you have someone in your life who believes enough in you that you can begin believing in yourself. So here we are. We're starting the podcast. And I want to tell you a little bit about where I want to take you on this journey, where I think we're going to be going and the conversations we're going to be having. I believe that home is essential for growth. I believe that it is essential for raising strong, smart, capable, faith-filled humans. And when we create a home that is a nurturing environment, we can set these little guys out into the world to be strong, smart, capable, faith-filled adults. And so for me, it all starts at home. What environment you want to create 
And as much as I love decorating and I think it's so much fun, I think that the beauty of home isn't just on the walls. It's what's within it. And so Fig and Farm at Home is about storytelling. I believe that homes are the canvas for telling stories, for telling great stories. When you are gone, you're going to leave behind you a legacy, and that legacy is generally your children. And what is it that you want that legacy to be? So if we think about our homes as stories, storybooks, and you, you busy sweet mamas, as the authors, we get to create that right? When you walk into your door, how do you see life infused into the way that you've decorated? How do you see you, your children, your husband, your dog, your what, what, whoever you're living with, how do you see you reflected back in that space? When you walk into that living room or whatever, do you, does it read Danny? Does it read Stephanie? Does it read Linda? Who does it read? And if it isn't reading you, then it should be. And if it isn't reading your kids, it should be. And what I don't mean is that we should have all kinds of smatterings of tchotchkes and our kids' toys laying around on the floor. I don't mean that. But the things that you surround yourself with in your home, are they inherently you? Do they reflect you? So we're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be talking about this myth that has really sprung up in the last few years that I feel like is a trap that is not being addressed. And that is the Pinterest perfect trap. And I know we've seen like Pinterest fails and things like that in like the decorating realm or not the decorating, the, um, the like cake decorating or the cookie making or, you know, that kind of thing. And they're funny. <laughs> they, they really can be funny. You know, those Pinterest perfect things, but there is a phenomena right now that I feel like is pervasive. And that is our homes should be Pinterest perfect. And I just don't think that's the truth. We're going to be talking about that in detail um, coming up, but the reality is those pictures that we see on Pinterest and the pictures we see on Instagram and the TV shows on HGTV, although entertaining and beautiful and inspiring, they are all highly curated. What they're not showing you is what is behind the camera. What is what pile of junk is laying behind the cameraman. I think it's okay to aspire to have a home that makes you feel the way those pictures feel, but we need to do it with you in mind. And so that's my job is to help you understand what it is that you want your home to be telling, to be saying, to be reflecting, and then infusing your aesthetic. Um, You will not hear me talking about styles specifically because I think that you can infuse a couple different ones. I think that you can mesh your style as a reflection of you. And it doesn't have to just be fit into one nice, neat little package box with a bow that says boho or nautical or farmhouse. Your overall aesthetic can be a reflection of you. So we're going to go there. I think too, design is super accessible for people. I think And, you know, we can thank Joanna Gaines and Shay McGee, and we can thank Nate Berkus. I think we can thank these designers who have now become household names. And I think that is so fantastic. But here's another problem. (laughs) Once you start recognizing these little products that you see in the stores and you bring them home, and you're not necessarily sure what to do with it, and now you have a look that doesn't quite feel right, but gosh, you sure love that style, that's problematic too. So we're going to be talking about that really doing some practical implementations of how to just make it work, how to make your home feel cohesive, how to make it feel like 
the home that you want it to. We're going to be talking about the importance of feeling. And you've heard me say that over and over already today, your home should feel a certain way. And so we're going to identify words that we want to be, that when people come over, we want them to feel that way in your home. Do we want them to feel joyful, cozy, warm, fun, whatever, whatever that word is, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about intentional living. You know, I've shared two stories today about me being super intentional and that's great, but I am so inspired by people who I see living intentionally, the relationships they have with their children, their spouses, the choices they make to homeschool, all of the things that they're doing to create a legacy for their family and their their children that they believe are important. And so we're going to be talking about that to hopefully inspire some of you mamas into making more intentional choices for your own family. We're going to be having interviews with different people who I've worked with who have made a breakthrough. You know, there are so many limiting beliefs that are keeping us stuck in inaction or keeping us stuck in the comparisonitis, like on Pinterest, when we see pretty pictures that keep us from moving forward into creating a home environment that we really think serves us and serves us well. Some of the clients that I've worked with Each one of them has had their own breakthrough and we're going to be chatting with them to see what it is that got them to have that breakthrough, what it is that helped them to turn the corner into really loving the house that they call home and really creating an environment that serves them ultimately. So we're going to be talking about a lot of great things. And and of course, I want to hear from you. So if you have anything that you want to know, I do want you to pop into my DMs at Fig and Farm on Instagram or at Fig and Farm on Facebook. It boils down to this. Our homes don't have to be perfect to be beautiful. We don't have to be perfect parents. We don't have to throw the perfect party. We don't have to have the perfect matching drapes that hang all the way down to the floor and pool the nice two inches. (laughs) We don't have to do that. And that should not be our goal. Our goal should be to love and to love well, to be able to equip each other to serve and to serve well, to be able to pour into our children and our spouses, and that all starts at home. So if we can make our home a reflection of us and a beautiful place to be, both inside the walls and on the walls, that's a good thing. All right, next time we're talking about limiting beliefs that might be keeping you stuck from decorating your home and how I, how I'm just not buying any of them. (laughs) I'll see you next week. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to fig and farm at home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, Join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.